0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. If you had the Browns scoring 28 points in the first quarter, or winning, or the over in that game, then you're feeling good. Go ahead and bet again. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's the online casino as well, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here with you for another brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are back after a little bit of time off, both for the pod and, of course, for the LMU program as a whole. Uh, The team was on hiatus due to COVID safety protocols and a positive test in the program, so a couple weeks off, a couple canceled and postponed games, but... The Lions were finally back in action the other day opened up West Coast conference play and continued uh, although there's that gap in it a now four game win streak for the Lions to improve to six and three on the year so it's been obviously a really interesting time. Happy New Year to everyone out there hope that everyone is staying safe you know that for a multitude of reasons there's a lot going on uh, going on of course coronavirus uh, out of control in the country, and, and particularly in, in California and in Southern California. So that's, of course, uh, concerning and difficult. We hope you're being safe with that. Uh, and, you know, terrorist insurrection attempts taking place uh, in the Capitol. A lot, a lot to, to deal with. You know, didn't the... The struggles and difficulty of 2020 is clearly not quite yet in the rearview mirror, so we hope that you're all being safe out there and everything is as good as it can be as we try to get you caught up on LMU basketball and in this unique and difficult season, honestly. We knew that coming in, uh, it would be a challenge, and we've seen this right now in this new season for the NBA. Of course, the NFL had their problems with it, college football did as well, and college basketball, of course, is, is not immune to it either, as we've seen shutdowns in programs uh, across the country you know for the most part teams have been doing what they can to stay safe but it's not that simple and not that easy and uh, you know it raises questions about uh, how much is it worth it for this season to go on and clearly as someone who covers the team is announcing these games loves this team uh, and is a big fan of college basketball I'm all for these guys who work so hard and have Done such a good part to stay safe, uh, to have this season and in, in play. Uh, but at the same time, it, it does raise those questions of: Is it worth it? Is it the right thing to do? Uh, and I think the biggest difference between the college ranks and, of course, professional sports—you know—and either one, you can opt out, uh, which we've seen a number of players across the country do for different programs. Uh, but again, the biggest difference is for pros—they're getting paid handsomely to to take these risks—and for for the college players. They're not, and and that of course has been a long going debate before the coronavirus if these guys should be paid or not. But I think that uh, that's been highlighted even more for the fact that you have a lot of these guys who, you know, whether you want to classify it or not, are are putting themselves at risk. You know, they're getting tested often and daily, which is of course great, and the the safety protocols that everyone's going through. But uh, I think for what these guys are going through, uh, the the debate about whether college athletes should be paid, I think is is coming into the, the forefront even more. And I think it's highlighted that uh, pandemic or not, that these guys who bring so much to different universities, and of course, when you're playing at higher level universities, it's even more significant when the money's really rolling in. But uh, I think some, in some way, shape, or form, uh, these guys that, and, and girls, of course, that, that put so much into their collegiate careers, uh, should probably be rewarded for it more than they are. So that's again a whole nother debate that I uh, can go well in depth into. But uh, I-, I think it just should be highlighted that uh, all these players who are out there uh, are putting themselves at risk to a degree. So I- I, you know that's not to say that the university is not taking all the precautions. You know that they are, uh, even for the staff, everyone you know being tested often uh, and the games, you know, the home games that I've been able to work at, um, have been incredibly well done in terms of the safety with masks and plexiglass and face shields and testing. Um, so, you know, university are doing as much as they can, but at the same time, it is a risk nonetheless. And I think that, uh, you know, these guys who are putting it out there, uh, should be certainly applauded, but again, perhaps rewarded even more than they are. So, with that, you know the, the program is back. They they are playing extremely well, and uh, they kept that going with a win over San Francisco to open up West Coast Conference play. And you know, looking back a little bit before that, this is a Lions team that back in mid January, uh, after they had lost to UCSB, started rattling off wins. They had a rematch with UCSB, won that game by five, followed it up with a three point win over UC Irvine, and then really kind of put their pedal to the metal. Uh, against Cal Poly with a 24-point a win against Cal Poly on December 19th. And then from that point on, it's really been press the pause button for the Lions. They had what they had anticipated, a couple extra games on their schedule following that Cal Poly game, but really for one reason or another, those had to be either canceled or postponed. The Lions tried to add Cal Baptist to the schedule. Cal Baptist, due to protocols in their program, had to cancel that game so then the Lions tried to regroup and add Cal State Northridge to the schedule. That one was canceled a few days later. Uh, of course, the game against Boise State had already been uh, canceled off the schedule. And then LMU had also added a game at USC. That one was canceled due to the Lions shutting down their program for a couple of weeks because, as we mentioned, that aforementioned positive tests within the program. Luckily for the Lions and their staff, everyone is healthy and, and well now. Uh, they're able to shut down and, and you know practice and do things virtually for a couple of weeks and, and really just a couple of days before the opener against San Francisco uh, was was the first time the Lions were able to get together. They had their conference opener against Santa Clara postponed that game against San Francisco, pushed back one day to a Sunday for the first West Coast conference game on a Sunday for the Lions in over 20 years. Uh, but with all of that said, all that time off, nearly three weeks, the Lions came out with a, an incredibly strong effort against San Francisco, who's a, a good team. And the Lions won this game 68-60. San Francisco coming in was eight and five. They were one of the few teams in the conference who had not been put on pause at any point this season. Um, you know, a handful of teams just like the Lions had to go on pause at one point or another. San Francisco was not one of them. They had already had three conference games under their belt, two and one, with the only loss coming to the number one team in the country, Gonzaga. Uh, and they, of course, had a win earlier in the year against the number four team in the country, Virginia. So a really strong, well-coached team. And the Lions hung on to win a game that they controlled throughout. They led by 19 in the first half. Uh, they saw their lead completely wiped away in the second half but were able to respond and pull away late for a 68-60 to win. And this was a an all-around team effort for the Lions. You know, they defensively really kept their imprint on the game throughout. Offensively, it was... It was up and down first half was great 44 points second half was not not as much with uh just 24 points under the belt in that one but it was still enough to come away with the victory over san francisco holding them to 60 uh and for the lions as it has been all year the the offense well distributed scoring effort up and down the sheet for the lions and i think that's one thing that's been most impressive to this team they have their usual double figure guys but on any given night it can be any one of that handful that steps up to be the leading guy and in this game uh, Eli Scott who of course is always going to be one of those top guys but uh, 20 points and 10 rebounds he was aggressive from the outset uh, really had his fingerprints all over the game and Kelly Lea Pepe 19 points for the sophomore who's now kind of firmly ingrained in a starting spot for the team and I think that he's really shown his comfort level grow not only from last season but throughout this season and I think we see with him, he kind of gets ramped up and gets going. Uh, and His play improves as the year goes on. Last year, in an all-freshman year campaign, he was someone who got better and better, especially in West Coast Conference play. That's when he played his best basketball. And if this game was any indication, that's on the way again this year. 19 points, 11 of 11 from the free throw line. So really aggressive inside and, and causing trouble for other teams' front lines. And he's just such a, a unique player course you know he got all the highlights from from espn and SportsCenter center for the mullet but it, it, it's much more than that for kelly as as a if you can call him undersized height wise you know 6566 but 250 even when he's going up against much bigger frontline players they can't move him down low it's really impressive to see his defense has been has been excellent really improved uh and his offense has carried that through as well and You know, Damian Douglas, the same way, excellent defender. He's right up there as one of the team leaders in scoring. He had 10, and then circling back to Eli Scott again. I mean, 20-10, and now 8th all-time for LMU in double-doubles, his 17th career double-double, and I think, you know, his offense uh, is a big key for the Lions. You know, the way that he sets the table for everyone else is huge, but when he is scoring with force along with that playmaking – it makes LMU really tough to stop, and uh, we've seen that throughout the season. The Lions mentioned the four-game win streak. They're now 6-0 and at home, so go figure. The one season that there's no fans in the building, the Lions undefeated on their home floor. Uh, we'll see if they can continue that, but it's a, it, it's a great sign for LMU, and I think that looking forward in conference play, there's a real opportunity to continue this strong start for the Lions. Now, we've mentioned it over and over over the past couple of seasons every single game in the west coast conference is going to be a tough one and a fight so you can't just look at a game on the schedule and say oh that's an automatic win or that's an automatic loss for the most part Uh, but looking at how it stacks up for the lions we've seen in previous years you know they'll either open with Gonzaga or St. Mary's or BYU on the road Uh, and we've seen in in years even though they've kind of righted the ship and had some some stronger finishes. They've gotten off to slow starts in the beginning of the conference because of the tough schedule. This year, you know, after getting that win under the belt against San Francisco, they have a couple of winnable games coming up in the next week that could potentially get them off to a, you know, a 3-0 start in conference play if they take care of their business. They'll go to Pacific on Saturday for a road contest up uh, up in Northern California against the the Tigers. Pacific this year, they've had their program shutdowns. They haven't played a lot of games at all. They're 3-1, and one, so their record uh, has been solid, of course. But just four games played, they've had their own program shutdown and then game cancellations from other programs as well. So they, to this point, haven't played since December 20th. So similar to what we saw for the Lions, they uh, will have a game under their belt before that LMU game. They're in action on Thursday, uh, January 14th against Santa Clara before that Lion game. LMU will not play on Thursday, as that game against San Diego is pushed back to after the Pacific game on Tuesday. So if you're staying with me there, the Lions' next game is against Pacific. Then they'll play San Diego on the following Tuesday, and then have a Thursday-Saturday three-game week. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday the next week. So with all of that mumble-jumbled said... (laughs) Pacific and San Diego are the Lions next two opponents. Pacific's 3 and 1 but hasn't played in a long time. San Diego's 1 and 4, widely expected to be one of those teams near the bottom of the conference. If the Lions can win these next two games, a 3 and 0 start in conference would be huge and you can really get off on a roll after that. You know, you do have St. Mary's and Santa Clara, two teams that have been very good following the Pacific San Diego games, but it's an opportunity for the Lions to rattle off some real wins before getting into kind of the thick of the tough conference games with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, Pepperdine, BYU, and on and on. Uh, I think that with what we've seen from this Lions team, uh, this is a great sign. You know, four wins in a row, 6-0 and oh at home, a couple of winnable games coming up. Uh, this is a chance for the Lions not only to get their overall record up, but the conference record, which I think is so important late in the season so often in this west coast conference spots three four four through seven or eight can be decided by a game or a game and a half or two games uh and i'm sure that won't be any different this year and i think there's no reason with what we've seen from this lions team and what we've talked about coming into the season with all of the returning talent kind of the new up-paced tempo that they're playing the the defensive intensity uh really just everything we've seen from this team so far there's a lot of talent they're playing well they're playing together there's no reason why they not only can be not be in the top half of the conference, but why they shouldn't shoot for top three or top two. We know Gonzaga right now is far and away, at least from what we've seen, not only the best team in the conference, but likely the best team in the whole nation. So I think it'd be safe to say that they'll likely have a firm grip on the number one seed in the conference. But outside of that, there's no reason why you shouldn't be aiming to be the two seed, or the three seed, or the four, uh, you know, BYU and St. Mary's are still there as really strong teams, but St. Mary's, they always find a way to, to win and retool, but again, lost a lot of talent, you know, two guys in Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz, who, uh, you know, bouncing, bouncing around right now in the NBA and in the, in the G League, but two guys that are that high level caliber that are off the team this year, uh, BYU, similarly, you know, Yoli Childs, same thing. Um, They, of course, still have a lot of talent, but those are teams that are perhaps maybe just slightly a little more vulnerable than they have been in past years for the talent that they lost. And you throw into the fact that the home court advantage that so many of these teams, especially like BYU with that giant arena and the raucous crowd, uh, you know, maybe that advantage isn't quite as strong this year with no fans. So I think that if there's ever an opportunity to kind of vault yourself into the top of the conference, this is it for the Lions. And the next couple of games, like we said, are going to be really important in that quest uh, for one of the top spots. I think you have to take care of business against Pacific and San Diego. Uh, The 3-0 start, you know, it's not imperative, but it would be a huge stepping stone to really solidifying yourself as one of the best teams in the conference, if that's what you feel like you are. So I think there is that talent and there is that ability within this group Uh, it's just about if they can you know continue to put it forth uh in stan johnson's first campaign with a team but so far it's been so good for the lions six and three on the year you mentioned kind of the play of eli scott he's averaging nearly 15 points and nine rebounds with over three assists per ball game and and right now given a lot of help from the rest of his teammates you know damian douglas right behind him in those numbers about 14 points and seven boards We mentioned Kelly Lea Pepe, he's averaging 11-5. and Joe Quintana, 10 points per game. Matias Markussen, who got off to a slow start this season after having the year off, is coming around to his normal self, averaging 7.5. The freshman, Jalen Anderson, with 7. Ivana Lipiev, you know, he can give you kind of boom or bust offensively during different games, but he hasn't let that affect him on the other end of the floor. I think his defense has been greatly improved, and he's provided some nice scoring offensively, you know, averaging five and a half points, but four rebounds. He's had a double-double this season, Uh, and there's depth down the lineup. You know, Quentin Jackson Jr. right now dealing with an ankle injury. Cody Pugh has been in and out of the lineup as well, but the the bench can get deep, but Stan Johnson really has done a nice job setting a, you know, eight, nine-man rotation, and the Lions seem to have a great rhythm with what he's been doing with that. So I think that As I said, there's a lot of potential in this Lions team, and and so far, so good for LMU. So we know we had a little bit of time off with the LMU Basketball Podcast while the program was on on pause and on hiatus, but they're back, we're back, we're going to be back to our weekly schedule with one episode or more, uh, but at least one episode a week uh, here on the Believe Podcast Network. So uh, this is just a little bit of a restart episode for us as well. We're back in action, as we said, the Lions have a, a contest against Pacific on Saturday, and then follow it up with really a three-game week, San Diego on a Tuesday, and then they'll follow it up with S- Santa Clara and St. Mary's Thursday and Saturday. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff upcoming. We'll continue to bring in the guests as well uh, and get this thing back rolling. But as it stands, the Lions 6-3, 1-0 in West Coast Conference play as we are back in an action. So uh, that's going to do it for this Relatively short episode of the Believe in LME Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. And you can also find us wherever else podcasts are found. With all of that said, continue to stay safe and take precaution out there. And we'll be rocking along with you as LMU Basketball is back up and running. So, with all of that said, you're listening here on the Believe Podcast Network. LA's number one podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Alliance. Thank you for listening to Believe.